0: (laughs) i got a live now okay
1: you got the live now i was asking if you saw the countdown so on my end when i hit go live i got like a five second countdown and so yes now we are live which you guys got the uh the update about yes and we do the wiggle all that good oh wow i'm better at that than i thought i would be (laughs) the more you know uh, yeah i got some rhythm it's because of the few uh old fashions i've had <laughs> anyway hello out there for the three of you who might actually watch this not including joe because he doesn't watch even before he's a guest uh thank you for coming back to <laughs> now i got to go back guys. And watch him now. yeah now you gotta go back and watch them it'd be nice <laughs> if you were actually sitting somewhere other than your couch now i'm just fucking with you. <laughs> 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 I, i'm glad you're here I, i'm glad i got you joe guys night uh episode three I'm glad I've got Joe Panarisi. Um, We're just gonna call him Joe tonight. That's cool, right? Yeah, we already discussed that. Uh, We got my buddy Robert Grant. Uh, He was on episode two. He's back. He's our first consecutive guest, uh, consecutive guest host. These are all, you know, going to be recurring co-hosts, thankfully, hopefully. And then we've got somebody that I have been dying to have on here. Uh, The only one besides Jesse, who was on episode one, who is, uh, also one of the interviews that I've done on the channel, the one-on-one interviews, more of a formal style, uh, Devlon. Thank you so much for joining, buddy. I've been uh, looking forward to having you for a while. No problem.
2: Happy. I can make it.
1: Yeah, man. I, uh, I'll be honest. When I first had the idea to start like a podcast style, um, discussion with a, a select group of guys you were one of the first ones that came to mind um, just because i know how you know specifically important the topic of, of mental health and mental health in general men's mental health therapy like uh, on your episode um where i did the interview with you 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 shared a lot of really great stuff so um, really happy to have you on uh, you go ahead and start us off first kind of check in that i wanted to do robert already you know, gave us some preview about what he's had going on. How's your, uh, how's your holidays been? Um, You excited for Christmas coming up? What's everything been like for you, buddy?
2: Yeah, holiday uh, time period is going great for me so far. I've been off this whole week um, with my son while he's been out here visiting from North Carolina. Um, So just been spending time with him. And uh, my fiance, she just finished up her work week uh, today. So now she's on vacation for a week herself. Um, and on Saturday, we're having Christmas with our families because my son has to fly back on Sunday, so we're going ahead and doing Christmas on Saturday um, with my mom, her her parents, and the whole family, my sister and her husband, and so we're all going to get mm. together on Saturday and do a gift exchange and meal together and everything. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm loving the, loving this time period.
1: Uh, you know. Um... I do want to give Joe and Robert a chance to say hi, but you touched on something. I, I do want to ask you because uh, I'm going through some differences in past years when it comes to the whole, you know, divorced, separated, you know, separate, you know, shared Christmases or, or whatever kind of situation right now. Sounds like you, you've got a pretty good pretty good rhythm to that down or a pretty yeah. good situation. My, yeah.
2: My son's holiday visits were part of our uh, divorce agreement. So it's pretty much we already know every year, you know, the, the trip schedule and all that is kind of we've been at it for years now. It's like clockwork for everyone. So it's not really a we're out of the adjustment period when it comes to that. Um, so, yeah, so it, it, we kind of center it around how the holiday falls. Um, so he'll I don't really care about like um, like I'm, I'm more I care about the time, the amount of time that I have with him um so I'm you know it was nothing for me to agree for him to go back on Christmas Eve so he could have actual Christmas you know with his with his mom and her family because um, I'm not really like oh, I need to have him on this particular day or any that stuff doesn't really mean anything to me or matter to me um yeah. so we we have a really really smooth process when it comes to that sort of thing
1: well, that that's good. I, I think that was one of the things that took me a while to get used to, and and I'm honestly I'm still getting used to it, and that's why I asked you that question, is because I was I remember for a long time, and I'll be honest, even even to this day, like I'm really weird about n- celebrating the holiday, not on the holiday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the does bother I, I, you? It it it, it has. Um, mm-hmm. I'm getting past it. I'm getting over it, and I'm realizing. That that's my own hang up. And it's silly at the end of the day. Like you said, really, the time is what matters. And, and you know, I'll be honest, I probably have made the time that I've had on certain years not as special as it could have been because of that kind of silly hang up. So, I will, I will uh, push back.
2: So. I will push back against that a little bit and say that, like, it's not really I don't consider it silly if it's something that matters to you. I just think the only important thing is that everyone express what matters to them and then you find a good compromise once everyone's needs and desires are on the table. Like that's the biggest thing that we had to work out. So now we me and my um, ex-wife and her partner and my fiance, like once a week, like we get together on a phone call and we discuss all things relevant to my son weekly. Um, And so we have a space every week for everyone to voice, like, if something's bothering you or if you want something to be different, like, you could make that known and then everyone can take that into consideration and adjust around it. Um, So I don't really think there's any, like, silly desires or that shouldn't matter or that it matters to you, it matters to you. It's just a matter of, like, you prioritizing communication of that mattering, you know what I mean?
1: Well, well, shit, well well shit thank you for making me feel better about yeah. that uh what and, and do you're do absolutely right
3: living. say that again
2: what do you do for a living i'm a planning editor at a news station and i'm a freelance photographer
1: a fire-ass photographer by the thank way you, oh sir. my god that dude is good
2: yeah i
3: appreciate it no it's just that. like yeah. you might be the most mature person i've ever encountered oh <laughs> oh, oh god like, oh god yes <laughs> like no, I, what I, was that it was I, like I, <laughs> That sounds like the kind of shit you'd only see in like a movie family situation. I appreciate so, that, but that's
2: crazy. Well, me and John have talked about that. It's like that's the kind of stuff that I got old to therapy. Like I I definitely I've I've been I'm kind of in a unique spot from the people I've talked to anyway, And um, in that I've gone through a lot of different types of therapy. So I've been through individual therapy, group therapy, couples counseling, anger okay. management. Um, so I've seen like a different a swath of different styles and I like landed on one that worked best okay. for me. Um in, in the last I wanna say like seven years, I think. Twenty fifteen-ish. Yeah. So it's been a while of just um kind of really committing to the process and you know, I'm light years ahead of where I was. Um, but that growth has definitely come out of that process. like it's definitely like I didn't start <laughs> with with any like all this stuff but I,
1: I will say uh, Rob, you you hit the nail on the head though he's one of the most mature, intelligent, reasoned um, well- reasoned people even the shit that we even disagree on we we always reach a conclusion where it's just like high five handshake pound oh. like I get it, you know what it, I mean. Um, it, it, I would highly highly recommend I'm gonna share it in the in the comments. Um, for you or for anybody out there, go watch my interview with him mm-hmm. um, uh, from a few months back when I was experimenting with interviews. And I mean, if you want to get to know him, like I, I think there was no interview that I had where somebody got as real and as raw as quickly as he did in in in, in the way that he did. It was it's yeah, really well, impressive.
3: I don't even have circumstances that even look like that, but I'm like, Okay, let me write that
2: down. That's a great. Idea. <laughs> I that's, appreciate that, man. I'm, I'm
3: glad.
1: No 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 offense, Rob. I got uh, uh as as long as I've known you and I love you, I got a feeling you're a little more petty. <laughs> you you oh, yeah. yes. I, I I try and pull from De- Devlin's uh maturity, but I also love your pettiness sometimes <laughs> on theory, uh, on certain things. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You got you got to have that mix. But uh no, no, anyway, no, Rob, go ahead.
2: Yeah, I appreciate that. I think anytime anytime any of the stuff that I've learned is beneficial to anyone else, like I'm always super super grateful for that uh just that exchange.
1: Yeah, no, I think um, you know, you you definitely uh, Rob picked up on it very quickly, but you've demonstrated to me over a, a long period of time that you know you have achieved a level of uh, empathy and and really just a concern for your child and the well-being of your child to put everything else below that, right? Like that's that's your top priority, and it's very evident and it's and it's admirable. So um and again welcome and that's why i love to have you here rob so you were telling us about your you were here last what was it last week or the uh, week prior you were telling us a little bit about your your night earlier how's shit been how you doing man
3: i mean uh this is the busiest time of the year for me so uh i've been trying to just get through it like it's literally just get it done tomorrow's really the last day so We'll we'll see. But, yeah, I had to go about an hour out of town to a work um, uh, Christmas party. And uh, for some reason, they just wanted as many people there as they could because most of us work, like, um, remotely and, like, in different parts of the state. So they try to get people in the same room when they can. So it's there for that. And then just trudging through, you know, being in the greeting card business during Christmas (laughs) is missing. So, and, you do, and
2: you do, if I remember correctly, you do financial assessment and coaching, right? For well, yeah,
3: that's uh, that's what I do. My job, so my job is um, it's a weird title that doesn't mean much. It's a startup catalyst, but we're basically mm-hmm. business consultants for uh, startup companies that are looking gotcha. to get investments or to scale.
2: Okay, so part of part of your process is analyzing like their financial plans and all that stuff, right? It's at least half of the process. Right
1: yeah which which he started the very beginnings with me um on, on an individual level and uh, i've done a terrible job of actually following <laughs> through with i
3: wasn't gonna i wasn't gonna you know bust you
1: out like that yet, but it was hey, i already i called myself out on the last episode i'll call <laughs> myself out again all right just let me get through the fucking holidays i'm like uh bare knuck white knuckling it through the fucking holidays right now i'm just like please just let me get through this let the new year come Done with this shit, uh, but no, it's funny too. Uh, as a recruiter, one of the uh, for those who don't know, I've got a my career, my professional career is in recruiting. I've been in recruiting for over ten years. One of the funniest things for me is job titles. Um, what what did you say it was again, Robert? Something catalyst, A startup catalyst, but like startup my, catalyst.
3: My legal um, one is even more vague. It's. Uh-huh. Um, it's uh research faculty,
1: research faculty. All right, so either yeah. one of those, so I've always really. loved one of the funniest things I have in recruiting and I give like resume advice to people out there who are like looking for their next career. Um, do yourself a favor out there. I'm not talking to anybody on this call, but yeah, if, if the if the shoe fits, Um, If your company comes up with some off-the-fucking-wall job title, just translate it. Don't put that shit on your resume when you're looking for a new job. Uh, Like, if they call you lead fucking people cheerleader, but you're an HR generalist, just put HR generalist. Do not put lead people cheerleader as your fucking job. Just translate it. It's okay. I don't care what your previous company called you. Just put what the, like, the accepted norm of what you actually did is for other companies honestly i i love the companies trying to come up with more creative titles i'm not against it i I think it's kind of cool but i can't tell you the number of times that i've seen people put a job title where it's like what what does that even mean What, what
2: (laughs) what do you think about putting that job title and then in parentheses putting like hr generalist
1: also, also uh, something that would work, but but you want to at least have in there, you know what the normal nomenclature would be, mm-hmm. um, not only because you know for the obvious it'll get you past like the the AI keyword kind of crap, um, because if I go into a resume database for a candidate and I type in you know job title of HR generalist, it's not gonna pull your resume up if you just have lead people cheerleader who loves fries or something um (laughs) i've seen some crazy ones and uh so yeah the the parentheses would work at least to get you past the uh you know the keyword and and robot search but basically what i always advise people is the level that matters is when a human being me as a recruiter is viewing your resume and you want to i'm viewing you know, especially for a highly sought after position, I'm viewing a hundred resumes, you know, in an hour or two. And so you want to make, I'm really not going into a lot of detail. Like I'm, I'm sharing some of the things that I share in my, uh, in my resume consultations that I do, but you know, like I'm not reading your 15 freaking bullets. I don't care about your fancy made up job title. That's, you know, doesn't apply anywhere else. I'm looking at, you know, where you worked, what your job title was and how long you were there. And if you don't catch my attention with those couple of things within, you know, 15 to 30 seconds at most, uh, I'm moving on to the next resume. Ah, and, 15, and so, 30 yeah. seconds. Well, you know, it really, it, it depends on the role. Uh, you know, uh, I've been recruiting for, like I said, over 10 years for a lot of roles. And yet, yeah, you know, obviously that changes if I'm hiring for a very niche position where I get three applications over the course of a month, probably going to look at everybody's resume pretty closely but if you're especially if you're going for a competitive job that i got a hundred applications for um yeah i i've only got eight hours in the freaking day and i need to get somebody hired i i'm looking for you know for example project manager as soon as i see a resume that says project manager you know between five to ten years I'm I'm already calling you. I'm not even reading the rest. I'm like, okay, I'm calling this person because I can't tell you how many resumes don't even have that in the title when they're that's what they're applying for, and that's what they have experience in, but they didn't have the. Go for it.
3: What, what's in a name? What is your thought mm-hmm. when you see a batshit crazy name?
1: You mean like a a, a person's name?
3: Yes.
1: On a resume. Mm. That that all right. That's a um that's a question that I would answer differently at work or at least more carefully than I will here because this is my show and I will say whatever the fuck I want. Um biases conscious, known or, or subconscious and unknown, they're real. And automatically i will be honest if i see a name that's like really off the wall or odd or something like that there's an initial like hmm, like that like a like a raising of an eyebrow sure. um i i will say oh my daughter's running across the house for some reason um hi <laughs> um i will say i've worked on that specific unconscious bias enough over my 10 plus years in recruiting to know i've some of my best hires the best people i've hired have had off the wall names um or you know had other things that i maybe previously would have had some unconscious biases for but a less experienced recruiter I, I, i'm not gonna sit here and pretend that that's not something that can have an impact on their hiring decision um, now you know if, if you're looking at a, a resume that says robert grant and it has abc experience and everything you're looking for and you're looking for and you have the exact same kind of resume exact same experience but that kind of off the wall name for a less experienced recruiter who doesn't know that you should call both Mm -hmm. it it might influence which one they call first and you know it's just a reality of of human conscious bias or human unconscious bias even
0: what were you about to say yeah not to make this like a resume talk or anything but like out of curiosity, well, the
1: whatever the fuck we wanted to
0: do. <laughs> <laughs> Out of curiosity, like when it you was- see a resume when when someone adds their pronouns how does how what does that like do? Because I I heard some people say like they immediately throw that shit away because they don't want to risk them being troublemakers. So uh,
1: um so now we're getting into a conversation of what's right versus what's reality when it comes to job seeking and there was a really interesting debate on linkedin that i ended up falling very recently that i ended up falling on the opposite side of of most people on linkedin but most people on LinkedIn haven't been hired for a living for the past. Well, yes, that, <laughs> <that's one>. <laughs> and, and for two, like most people aren't, you know, haven't been in the recruiting industry as I have for the past ten years. It was about the open to work banner. You guys know that thing? Like the green, if you're familiar yeah. with LinkedIn, mm-hmm. like you can put the open to work banner. oh, right. On your brother, profile right. picture, letting people know that you're open to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just like a feature. Like on Facebook, they used to have like, you know, I support Ukraine or whatever the, the, the fuck it was. And you can have like a special little thing on your profile picture. And um, so there was this big debate about because this Google article came out and or it wasn't a Google article, but it was an article that was interviewing a, an ex Google recruiter. And he was basically saying, like, don't use the open to work banner like it's uh, it makes you look desperate. It, it came off very negative and and. And so there was this big debate on LinkedIn, um, with a bunch of people like going on these long, you know, rants about how they're not desperate, the layoffs, this and the economy, that, and it's not fair. They're not desperate. They're just excited to work and blah blah blah. And um, I ended up keeping my mouth shut just because I, I realized if I spoke up too loudly, I was just going way against the the crowd, but. What I really ended up finding was if you listened to what the Google recruiter, ex-Google recruiter was really saying, he was saying it was a cost versus benefit um, argument, basically. The cost of putting the open-to-work banner is much more likely to happen than any benefit. Like, I'm not going to hire somebody because they have that green banner on their profile, but... um, I could see how some recruiters would feel like that. And does that make it right that they would feel like it's desperate or, you know, like this was, isn't a desirable candidate. No, it doesn't make it right, but I could see how that could be an unconscious bias. And so that's kind of the same way I feel about the, you know, the pronouns thing or anything else on your resume. Like if you can't demonstrate an actual value in in putting it, then why the fuck even do it? Like, uh, yeah,
2: that's what I was was thinking. Because my, my, I look at a lot, like I look at dating. Like, I think there's, there's some recruiters for whom, I mean, the same decision can have a different impact across five different people who are all in the same position of recruiter, right? So it's like, this guy might've come from a school of thought where it's like, this is an automatic red flag. And this guy might come from a school of thought where he's like, this is a trend that we're seeing in great, Uh, you know, energetic, enthusiastic new employees. Um, and I can't anticipate those preferences for people who I haven't met yet. So if I'm going to put he, like for me, I would put, if I'm not, I haven't been, been job hunting for a long time. But if I was, and I were to choose to put, you know, he, him on a resume, my intention behind it would be, I have a name that a lot of people have not heard before. I'm clarifying that I, I have, I, when I was a kid, I used to have people. I,
1: I would say, and you would, you would have a legitimate reason for doing so. I speak to Miss
2: Douglas and I'm just like, no, you know, so like literally that would be my motivation behind that. Someone might see that and be like, oh, that's a political statement by him doing that. Is he going to be a pro? But it's just like, I probably don't want to work with those people anyway. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like, I got to judge if I do that, why am I doing it? And if I feel like I have a reason for doing it, I got to stand on that and just like I'm looking, I'm looking for a work environment that's going to take me. So I need to make the most authentic choice to me, and then hopefully end up in an environment that wants me. Um, yeah. And a lot, of, a lot of recruitment, uh, like motivational speaking that I've heard, I feel like it encourages a lot of potential employees to mold themselves to be what spaces want them to be, rather than seek mm. out spaces that they fit into as they are. Um, because you can you'll you'll definitely end up in an unhappy space trying to just be like, "Oh, oh, do I need to stand how, how do you want me to stand? do I need to do you do you have to stop using these words? What words do you not like people to use like that kind of thing you can get so wrapped up in that that they're just getting like and, this empty vessel
1: um and 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 I can one hundred percent appreciate that, especially as somebody who um, has you know shared openly on on my channel on my YouTube channel about my my career issues with companies that I've worked for and you know what I, what I fell into recently and everything like being a culture fit and feeling like you don't have to pretend to be something that you're not to to work for a company if you're going to work for a company and not be an amazing entrepreneur like our buddy Rob over here um if you're gonna work in corporate america it is very important that you find where you fit what but my re, i wouldn't really call it a rebuttal my um my Caution. kind of advice from you know from a recruiter's perspective is wh- i'm talking about you getting an interview and the fact is is that um I want, especially if they're a client or or somebody that I'm seeing, you know, for resume advice and career search and job tips, my job is to give you the best information I can for you to get an interview with a hiring manager. And Devlon, to your point, you may have a, rec- you. it may be a company that's the perfect fit for you, but you may be dealing with a single recruiter that has some biases, whether conscious or unconscious, Um, And my job when I'm advising somebody like that is to get you to a fucking interview with somebody who matters, not the recruiter. And I'll say this, as a recruiter, I'm not the one who matters. I I, I am the one who decides that first step and whether or not the hiring manager sees your resume, but I'm not the actual decision maker. I have never hired anybody, ever. In 10 years of recruiting, I have never been responsible for hiring somebody. I've been responsible for presenting the candidates that the hiring manager gets to hire. And so I, I would say that, again my advice typically professionally would be you know avoid anything that could prevent you from getting your your resume in front of the person who matters and whether or not i'm a jackass um the company may end up being a great opportunity and i i don't want the people that i advise to miss out on that opportunity because they included some shit that was just you know, it didn't help, it didn't have a benefit, it, you know, right. and, and, I, and, it and it I say, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah.
2: like, if, if you were my recruiter, I would listen to all the advice and then just take it in and do the cost benefit analysis thing and still go with the decision that, like, I might, I might land on a decision that is in opposition to what you suggested. But I'm going to mm-hmm. do that after hearing you out and thinking about, well, how do I view that suggestion? You know, what I mean, like, I'm not yeah. going to be like, if you, I'm not listening to anybody, I do what I want. It's just, you know, <laughs> At at the end, I'm going to make the decision that that allows me to walk away from the situation feeling like I was myself.
1: Um, Yeah, which I think is fair. I I am 100% a proponent of standing on morals and um, values, whatever they are, whether or not I agree or disagree with them um but like i said at the end of the day joe to answer your question before i finally introduce you because we've had some interesting conversations so far and i've loved it if you guys can't tell i love talking about this topic Uh, it's not the point of the show i should make a whole nother channel for recruiting shit um i will say this before i jump to you joe no one has ever not been hired because they didn't put pronouns on their resume i guarantee you there are a large number of people who haven't even been interviewed because they did Mm -hmm. um and so that i I, when i talk about that cost benefit Mm -hmm. like again there's nobody who's ever not gotten the interview because they didn't put the pronouns Mm -hmm. there are plenty of people just you know from my knowledge of recruiting who haven't gotten the interview because they did so again take take that for for what you will but joe what's up buddy How, how you been um i i love the professional podcast setup that you've you've got. You got the pictures on the wall. I love it. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, the pictures. But uh no nah, everything's been good. Uh working, chilling. As you saw in the in the you know in the group chat or in the Facebook group. Uh I've been hitting the gym, working working out hard, trying to get in shape, take you know, take the fitness thing seriously. I've been on and off fitness for years since I got out of the army. So Dude, me
1: and you've been taking talking about for years. We we used to talk mind pump. Remember, fucking yeah, mind ago. pump. Yep. <laughs> yeah. um, Robert, are you getting attacked? Holy shit! What is happening? A- <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw him. He looked did a cat attack you? All right, yeah. <laughs> he that's either a cat attacked him or he dropped a cigarette butt on himself. Those are the two reactions that I can think of. Gather yourself. It's okay, sir.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm muted. So... I'm muted. Yeah. There
3: was an insect crawling up my pants. Yeah, that's what I'm On the inside. Uh,
0: oh, the the inside. Inside. yeah. That'll,
3: yeah, that, that, That'll cool. freak you out. That's what I get for being. The, the only
0: reason, one of the big reasons I like the winter, most uh, mm-hmm. most insects are dead. Yeah. Every time, every time. I'm, so
2: my son comes to visit, like, five times throughout the year and usually he comes in the summer. He comes twice in the summer and that's all he does is go back to North Carolina complaining about I can't stand the bugs at daddy's house. I'm just, like <laughs> you can't get away from the Texas heat. Like the, the bugs are trying to get away from the Texas heat. That's why they come in, <laughs> in the house in the summertime. But thankfully yes, like sir. no no complaints about bugs this time since it's in the
0: winter thankfully. Yeah, I hate bugs. I can't too. stand it. Uh, I'm just Not saying, better. Robert.
1: I ain't. I ain't never seen you move like that. I was, <laughs> Joe was talking. I saw that dude sh- shuffling. <laughs> oh man, that shit was good. So, Joe, uh, back to you. Um, and hopefully, Bugless, uh, wherever the fuck you are, North Carolina or some shit. Um, yeah, man. We used to talk about Mind Pump back in the day. I- I'm glad you're still sticking with it, man. If still, uh, so I, you saw me, man. I got in great shape. Well, I was in shit shape when I got divorced and then I got in great shape, which I'll share a secret as to what most people don't know about how great a shape I got in. And then, you know, honestly I, I'm I'm healthier and happier than I have been in a long time, but I definitely uh I need to get back on the treadmill. <laughs> have you been more consistent than me, sir?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I've been uh since beginning of November. I've been pretty much going five days a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
2: what's your,
3: what's your uh, activity?
2: What are you doing?
0: wait weight, weight, uh, weights, weightlifting. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting in. a am trying to get ahead. into
2: powerlifting. Nice. My my fiance is doing the same thing.
0: She just started with a powerlifting coach. And um, ordered some ordered some peptides. They came in. I'm gonna start doing them in the new year.
1: Dude, you talked about peptides like a year and a half ago. You've never actually gotten into it yourself. Mm, yeah,
0: price. They're expensive, but yeah. um, I decided to finally jump jump on that give that a shot see what see what that does
1: yeah we got a in men's group um which you mentioned earlier and i'll go ahead and shout out for whatever random internet uh person might be watching this we have a private men's facebook group uh i'll share it in the comments and description after this uh men's mental health and, and support group uh but we've got a personal trainer and nurse Chris, um, I actually interviewed him as well earlier on uh, my YouTube adventures, and uh, he's one of our group experts, and I remember posting about peptides, and even him, he's a healthcare professional and a, uh, and a fitness coach, and he had, you know, an overall thumbs up about peptides. It's early in, you know, they, they haven't been around for very, very long. It's not like we've got 20, 30 years of research on them, but overall, he was saying that, you know, they seem viable and, and, and safe and, and healthy from, all the studies and research so far.
0: Yeah. So I'm like I said, I'll start that in the new year. Let's see, I'll I'll definitely give an update in the in the group how that works out for me. So uh, aren't there uh,
1: different kinds too? Like uh, yeah there's a there's a ton of different muscle terms. building like do you know what, what you're going for?
0: Yeah so I'm going for CJ CJC what is it 1245 something like that. And basically is a peptide that um, that causes you to produce more growth hormone, which which also helps you lose some weight, increases testosterone because of the extra growth hormone that you're producing. So it's it's pretty, it's it's um from what I've been reading, it seems to be a very common, popular one against for fitness people, people who, you know, for men who want to gain muscle. You know get cut down on weight and stuff like that so
1: yeah maybe something i need to look into again because i was doing uh trt testosterone replacement therapy for for quite some time um and then i had that health scare last year and i almost freaking died um because of blood clots in my leg and i'm still on blood thinners for the rest of my life now mm-hmm. and uh, me and me and the doc were like hey yeah maybe not not a good idea to to fuck around with the TRT anymore because uh, it's a linked uh, thing. For anybody who doesn't know, uh, if you are taking TRT, um, please keep up with your blood work. Uh, I, when I showed up to the emergency room because I had pain in my leg, uh, and I thought you know could could just be a, uh, a pulled muscle or something. Well, my there was some enzyme that was elevated to the point where he thought. You know, it looked like I was having a massive heart attack. Uh, and the look of shock on his face that I was still up and walking around was not very reassuring. So, yeah, <laughs> be, be careful out there. Make sure you're keeping up with your fucking blood work, if that's the case.
0: <laughs> well, shouldn't you, shouldn't be,
1: your doctor have been keeping up with it?
0: Yeah, you, well, we
1: were, we were doing um, the blood test, but it was only like every three months. And so... You know, I, I think most insurance and most, you know, TRT clinics, it's going to be at most at the best clinics on a monthly basis, but a clot can appear and kill you in a very short amount of time. And so the period between whenever my last check was and when I ended up in the emergency room, um, in that situation, uh, I had a massive clot in, in my left, uh, calf, um, i'm actually i I need to go do a follow-up because i'm not sure if it's actually gone yet but i take uh, blood thinners every day just to make sure and and blood clots uh, i have a friend when i ended up in the hospital because i shared a youtube video about it who reached out to me she lost her her husband just a couple of christmases ago actually she's going this is her time of year to to remember that her husband of over 20 years healthy as an ox you know fit black don't crack kind of guy you know played basketball healthy as hell, just fell over and died one day. Uh, they there, they are no freaking joke. Um, if you got that issue, don't play around with it. They're not, they're no freaking joke. I, I am very lucky to be alive right now. Actually. I, I don't know if you guys, uh, how many of you have shared the story with personally, I know I shared it on the channel. I randomly, um, it was a big precipitator of a lot of the changes that I ended up making in my life. Um, I randomly ended up taking this cross-country drive for love, honestly. (laughs) You know, I took a chance on love and I did the romantic movie thing and I drove cross-country. And when I got cross-country over there by your neck of the woods, Joe and Robert, um, in North Carolina, uh, I had this pain in my leg and it hurt. And I remember from a previous experience years and years ago uh, that... You know, my fatigue plus the pain in my leg might be something that I need to get checked out. So I showed up at the uh, at the emergency room, and yeah, come to find out, I was lucky to be alive. Uh, and I don't, I think, if I hadn't gone on that cross country trip, it, I might have ended up, you know, not being here today. So um, wow, anyway. that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I shared a whole uh, video about it, but Joe doesn't watch shit
0: that I post, apparently, even the shows that he's a co No, I on. remember you going to North Carolina. We talked about that. I didn't know about the, the blood clot. You don't
1: remember the me in the hospital? Dude, I'm going to tag you in that shit. Jesus. <laughs> You're going to be a co-host. Show your bro some support. Damn, at least Dev watches some of the shit. <laughs> you
0: know, it's just remembering is a different thing. I know I'm fucking with you, buddy. I'm fucking with you
1: um, so Robert, you actually hit on before we even started recording a topic that was actually on my list, um which was company holiday parties. I had one last week how I, how was yours tonight? Tell me about it and I, I've got my thoughts on on mine from last week oh you're on you're Are on you? mute, buddy. The bug is gone you can you can relax, you can take yourself off mute it's okay you know what whatever um
3: <laughs> so the uh the, let's just i guess not name names the university that I work for um they they go all out for parties, so they're always just ridiculous and honestly a lot of fun, so I kind of. You know, it, it's worth my time. Um,
1: so you I mean, were you were a fan then, even though you had to drive an hour. But I'm also curious because I've driven through Atlanta and fuck that traffic. If that hour was really 15 minutes, it just took an hour because it's Atlanta.
3: No, no, it, it takes about the same amount of time. I mean, honestly, I don't, um, I don't care about waiting in traffic that much. Like, I put on a podcast. My car drives itself. I'm just hanging out. <laughs> oh, all
1: right, <laughs> uh, yeah. subtle, subtle flex there. I just, I, I'm in. I, I've become a <laughs> Texan to where, like, I would much rather drive for an hour without traffic than sit in 20 minutes of actual traffic. Like, legit. I just, like, I
3: just put a um a podcast on, and
1: well, we don't all have <laughs> self driving cars, and I have to hit the brake. And the gas and then the brake again and then the gas and then the brake twice and then the gas half a time and then the brake three more times but right. even before <laughs> that i didn't
3: care like i'm just i'm just very patient like i am i'm never
0: in a rush i'm yeah, never Tra- in a hurry definitely hits yeah, different see, i'm, technologies I'm different the different same way, way. Like, which way <laughs> well uh, robert's way just i don't hmm. care just i'll just
1: i didn't like, even hear Devlin's way.
0: It I'm, I'm in. I'm in the middle. I,
2: I just. I just said traffic hits different. Psychology is different. Um. I. I have. I'm somewhere about. Somewhat of a hybrid. Like some days, I could sit in traffic all day. I got my good. My good podcast. I think I get frustrated when like I'm in traffic on a day when I've listened to all the weeks podcasts that I listen to, and I'm like out mm. of shit to listen to, um, yeah. or, or like just something that's pissed me off and it's in the back of my mind. So this is just extra irritating, um. But I work downtown, and as you know, downtown Austin traffic is the worst. Um, yeah. And so just trying to go get something to eat at a place that's literally across the street is a battle.
1: Yeah, um, it's, it's that stop and go. And I, I do love, like, sitting in the car and listening to podcasts or music as well. But, like, uh, Robert, me and you were talking last week about the that ADHD thing where I'll, like, go off in my own little world in my head and then, oh, actually, come back to reality. You got to hit the fucking brakes. <laughs> and then I'm listening. I'm in the conference. Oh, get back to reality. Fucking yeah, break.
3: Yeah. Full yeah. break. <laughs> fair. Fair. Mm.
1: But yeah. I did want to touch on the the Christmas party thing. So I had a big company uh, Christmas party last week. They flew everybody across the, the country out. It was honestly... It was a great experience like it, it's the uh, I've yep. worked for a lot of corporations and I have never seen a company put as much effort and and real um, kind of heart and sincere heart. And I've gotten to know some of the executive team and they put more heart into that uh, Christmas party or holiday celebration or whatever you want to call it um, than I've seen in the past. But I'll also tell you this, like I shared a post in the men's group earlier. I had this picture with me and a big cheesy smile and you know, the room behind me. I went outside and I cried afterwards. And then I came back and this week, like I laid in bed for the first like two days, two, three days this week, like struggling. It was so so fucking exhausting. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I'm just curious what you guys thoughts are because I'm sure there are people out there who are going or dealing with holiday parties. I don't know if in your case, like you, Robert, you know, it's just a a good time. I I wish I had just had a good time, but honestly, it was freaking exhausting for me. I was emotionally and physically exhausted from it.
3: Um, I mean, I think I am currently mentally and physically and emotionally exhausted. So I think... I think what I've been enjoying about having Christmas parties to go to is, like, it's been, like, my moment to relax a little bit. Because um, I, I don't know what it is. life just been life in uh, the last, like, 60 days or so. So, like, um, I guess me just kind of looking forward to just kind of just the breathe. <laughs> and, like, I can just So you ready. feel like
1: you can breathe? Because so, for me, I feel like where that emotional exhaustion has come from has been... I feel like when I was there, even in the moments I was enjoying, I was at work and I was, and it was a three day event. And the entire time, even when we were having fun, I was at work. Like, you know what I mean? So
3: my, like, so, I mean, I, I'm an entrepreneur, but I also have a job working with entrepreneurship. So Mm -hmm. the job is kind of a situation where they hired me knowing what I am. (laughs) Like they, they know what I am. Like it's, it's not like I'm an employee in like more of a traditional sense to where, like, yeah, and, you know, too late, like,
1: motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it,
3: it's, it's, they need me, but it, it's kind of like, you know, you'd have like your professional you, your work you, and then the actual who you are. Like, I don't need to make that switch in that setting. So I guess that's just kind of what allows me to just kind of just <laughs> be able to relax. But I feel like most people couldn't. Completely relax in that setting because you'd have to at I, least be on your guard to not piss your boss off. Or, I,
1: I I have thoughts on that, but I do yeah, want to yeah. not be the one who talks the entire fucking time for the whole two hours. Dev and uh, Joe, do you guys have to deal with the? Uh, you're both in the corporate world. Have to deal yeah. with the Christmas parties and all that.
2: Interestingly enough, um, so I'll you know I'll tend my partner's um, holiday parties when her company has them. Um, so I have no, I, I know I'm not tied to anybody in that space. So that's just kind of like going to a get together that is just hang out and have free food. Um, so I feel no stress in that space. But in my company's holiday events, it varies because they like we used to have formal holiday parties. And when uh, Spectrum it was not Spectrum News at the time, it was Time Warner Cable News back then. When they oh, shit. I remember with,
1: those days. All right. Yeah. I was in Texas at that time. Yeah.
2: <laughs> when they merged with Charter Communications and became Spectrum, the parent company of today is not comfortable with those types of get-togethers. So the best we could pull out this year, um, after two years of having nothing, was an event last week. Uh, it's like across the street at this hotel. We went to like this uh, second floor little dining room area and they had like catered food. Um and we got together for like an hour or so in the middle of the work day and just, you know, gave what were you, you know, what were you proud of with our work this year and kind of stuff. Um and then we went back to work. Um so that was not the formal holiday party that we had in the past, which I had a great time. You had to
3: go back to work.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean it was literally just like just in the middle of the day, just kind of like a take a break and go have lunch at this spot across the street cuz they for whatever reason they had to like weave between a bunch of policy limitations that would not allow them to have a formal reservation at a venue on a night where we actually have a dedicated party like we used to. Mm. Yeah. Um,
1: so I was going to it's so it's so very terrible. interesting you a <laughs> Yeah,
2: a we, had, we, we, had we had a some, lot of things in
1: mind too. Our past holiday party. I mean
2: in <laughs> in the past it was it was it was like the the opposite end of that, where they had a lot of parties that were so unrestrained to the point where it just led to a bunch of unprofessional situations. Um, <laughs> Do you feel
1: like had- they went too far in the other direction? Oh, absolutely.
2: Like I'm, I'm, a, but yeah. I'm. I also can see from like reading the room that like I'm atypical in the like environment that I work in, where like mm-hmm. I'm a big like, I'm a I'm a I'm a party type person in in a sense that like I really like to get together like let's play games let's oh play yeah games,
1: this like is that. a dude who goes and does karaoke completely yeah. sober so ladies I'm and like, gentlemen all night completely sober ladies yeah. and gentlemen so I'm, i've been I'm, there
2: I'm like I'm like, <laughs> like right now if you were just like everybody we're gonna fucking play connect four on a giant 100 foot screen i'd be like that's cool as hell to me but a lot of other people they want to be like i don't know like they're more like reserved and they don't like they tried to do-
3: never guess that about you in a million years.
2: That's so
1: inner. Yeah, I'm super. Yeah, super, I, super, I, super. I honestly me, me neither. I'm with you, Robert. Like, I, based, uh, but based, based I, on
3: our short interaction, I would have no, never thought you. in a million, I thought you would have been like, Yes, the holiday party is inefficient. <laughs>
1: yeah. This is a dude that's, that's a thing again, like, who think regularly goes out and does karaoke completely yeah, like karaoke. sober around people who are drinking doesn't have a single drink and is the first one on stage and the last one to, yeah, no, to would stop getting
2: on no first impression pers- i have
1: impression. never met somebody more comfortable with just being him <laughs> you,
2: think, you, you, probably, you probably think i'm super serious right like that, that seems to be the typical no. first impression like no, no, not not
3: not super serious but just that you wouldn't be that guy uh, yeah, like no. you would, hes very like,
1: intellectual, but he knows how to have fun. That's for damn sure. <laughs> like you would
3: have to be, like you—you you kind of treat me as the person that you would have to be prompted to have fun.
2: Oh my god, no! I'm, like I'm, I'm the one trying. To be I'm, like, that's hey, the thing. Like I'm the—I'm the one who's more uncomfortable with like. I'm ready to have fun, but I gotta wait for you to like have a drink and like get to the point. Where We we
1: talked about this at one point when when we met, uh, because we've known each other for, you know, acquaintance wise for like over 10 years, but we've only really gotten to know each other more closely over the past year and a half. Uh, And when we met recently one time, like, you know, he's he's confident on a level that I can't wait to to reach where, you know, he'll (laughs) get up. Like I said, I'll go do karaoke. I'll sing my ass off. I'll sing some some Linkin Park i'll rap or whatever but i need at least a drink or two in me. Right. um he this dude will get up there completely sober and turn down drinks <laughs> like, <laughs> he knows how to have fun just as himself it's actually admirable like uh thanks man but yeah, yeah no, you're, you're, and what? Well, but that's the thing when
2: it comes to holiday parties that i'm always like like for me like karaoke video games party games um conversation like all these things is that's like social connective tissue for me like that's how I connect to people in the room like I think like I've always considered like karaoke like a super intimate thing because like in in two seconds you're getting to know something really personal about a person which is the kind of music that they personally connect to like you're showing that to a group of people who don't know you like and immediately like this there's no other situation really um, where, like, you just walk into a room and show everyone something that means something to you.
1: Um, and on and that so- same level, though, there's an insecurity there. How, how fucking... I, I wanted to ask you this, because I'm bragging about you for it. What is it about you that that insecurity that most other people feel... And I'm saying, even me, I feel like I'm braver than most to get on stage and, and mm-hmm. sing with as few drinks as it takes me. Um, how did, did you get to the point where... Y- you got past that insecure was it therapy you've talked about therapy or have I mean, you I th- always been that way i mean i think it's definitely there's been a piece of it there
2: always but therapy and all that stuff is definitely because it's all about uh refining the relationship you have with yourself and i, I think that that's the that's the one thing that just in observing people that i interact with a lot of people completely neg- neglect what i call the the third person self-relationship where like you are an actual individual that you you have a you have a conscious relationship with yourself in terms of like a third person type deal where you like for me I look at myself the same way I look at my my mother and my sister and my father. Like we like I see all four people in the family as mm. individual people. So I'm one of the people who I care about. I'm one of the people who I encourage I'm one of the people who I like, I give a shit what happens to me. Like, I'm I'm also the person piloting the ship, but I also see myself as, like, a separate person as well. This may be a
1: little tangent, but I'm curious what your answer is, and I apologize for interrupting no, you there. Um, but I want to hear from Robert and Joe because I'm going to ask you this very, very plainly. Do you genuinely love yourself? Me? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, one hundred percent, absolutely. And see that that answers a lot to why uh, why you're able to do what you do, Robert and and Joe. Can you genuinely also both say that about yourselves? Yeah. Do you genuinely both love
0: yourselves? I love myself. Yeah. Yeah, I fucking, I I think I'm the best. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah.
1: Well, I'm lo- I'm looking for that that real right on the spot answer, Robert. What's your answer? I don't feel the same way.
3: I aggravate hey, myself.
1: Hey, you get I I got a feeling me and you might be a little bit more closely aligned. Then.
2: There's a lot of things about myself I wish I could change. And and do you acknowledge that that, that comes from your experiences? Like your experiences have conditioned that relationship out of you? Uh Or do yeah. you think or do you think that's just that's just kind of how you are?
3: I mean, I think it's definitely a bit of both, but I would say I lean more towards just who I am, mm-hmm. um, which makes some of those things just really difficult to like break out of, or just things like, I don't know, like I've never, I could never really say that I felt satisfied with myself. It's more that I just know that it's just, what am I going to do? You know, mm-hmm. it's more of like, a, well, stuck you just, with yourself. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. I'm just stuck with who I am. I'm stuck with, All those things, and I know that sounds depressing, (laughs) but it's like,
1: uh, yeah,
2: it just sounds interesting to me. Like, I don't, I don't really judge it, you know. When in terms of like negative, positive, it's just, it's just an interesting difference. Like, I I think that with people, because it's all, I always look at it. The reason why I stress the third person thing so much is just because I always see people struggle with how they relate to other people versus how they relate to themselves. So, like a person who Mm -hmm. would just be like. You know, like I like I know what my you were using the example of karaoke, right? Like I know what my singing voice list, what my singing voice sounds like because I listen to it, mm-hmm. which is probably and why
1: I, you I, rap a lot. And I and, and <laughs>
2: just I, <probably>. fuck you, <laughs> but I, I judge it I judge it in the same like spectrum that I judge someone else that I would hear on stage singing. Like, it's just another voice that I'm familiar with. It's not like, but you have other people who will say, like, if I sounded like that, I would judge it more harshly than when I hear another person sounding like that. I'm more hard on myself than I am other people. And then you're like, well, where did that come from? Who taught you to be that way? And a lot of times it'll be like, well, I had parents who spoke to me a certain way. My boss, you know, my, my string of bosses that I've had I've kind of been repeating this pattern of experiences that have conditioned my brain to think, oh, you deserve less than you think other people deserve. You, you know, like you don't, your girlfriends, you know, speaking to like a a woman, like your girlfriends all deserve to have, you know, men who care about them and take care of them, but, you know you you kind of like you ended up with the guy who beats you but that's i mean you ended up with somebody right like you you would tell your girlfriend you deserve better but you don't deserve better like that kind of thing it's just like when you see yourself looking at other people and treating them and having more compassion for them than you have for yourself i do think it's worth looking at and looking into why that is um but yeah but i think i think a lot of it is formative and which is why like me and my son whenever we're on the phone we end all our phone calls with, I love you, I love myself, I'll talk to you later. You know, that's, that's just, that's kind of like, it's, I want it to be so repetitive that by the time he gets to be of more conscious age, he doesn't even second guess having a good relationship with himself.
0: Like, it's I literally
1: like, want you to direct and, and produce the next fucking Black American sitcom, by the way, on, on <laughs> parenting. Um, and I'm just, I'm messing with you. But the, the reason why I asked that, and Robert Owl, you know, to, Joe and Dev, I think both your answers were spot on and, and honest and truthful. And especially with me knowing what I've gotten to know about both of you, Joe, your, uh, you know, your level of confidence, like I hated you at first because of <laughs> how secure in yourself you fucking were. And it annoyed the shit out of me, honestly. And, and we butted heads for quite a while before I, I got to really understand you on a level where now I appreciate and think you're a great dude um dev same. well i wouldn't say same goes for you we never really butted heads but i there was a bit of a barrier that you know we never really connected on a deeper level for me to understand more about you and again your answer i felt was very genuine and not surprising robert not surprisingly i feel like maybe we're on the same page i'll be honest with y'all i asked that question because my answer is hell no i don't love myself and I, and i haven't for a long time i mm-hmm. Um, as a matter of fact, there's there's probably for as many enemies as I have, and as many uh, I won't I won't call them enemies. I don't mean like I got haters who are out to get me or anything, but I mean for that as many people, of. well, <laughs> they haven't shown up. <laughs> um, but for as many people as I think have justified reasons to dislike me or have anger and resentment in their hearts towards me, they'll never know the that they aren't coming close to the level of you know uh, lack of love or hate or or self-loathing that I have towards myself and it's a it's a work in progress and I I won't lie I'm I'm not even close to past it I I struggle with it every day Um, it's funny because the the karaoke thing kind of prompted that question because I do feel like part of the ability that you've always had maybe to just get up on stage and and be who you are comes from an ingrained sense of self-love maybe. Um, And I think my ability to get up on stage is more from a level of stubborn fucking, I'm gonna keep pushing forward, despite the hate that I have for myself, that I Mm -hmm. taught myself to, to present a level of confidence that I don't truly have. I'll get on stage for karaoke and I'll sing and I'll be the most confident motherfucker that you'll see up there singing Lincoln Park. I got a whole playlist and all of that, but then I'll come home at the end of the night and I'll spend three hours or three weeks thinking about every syllable that came out of my mouth, Damn. every movement I made, every eye roll I got, every, everything. At judging myself in, in in such a harsh way, and I push. And you would, and
2: that. you would never, like you would never do that to me.
1: Oh, absolutely not, absolutely that's not. That's I that's I wish I could spend ten percent of my my energy in, in my thinking, thinking about an, uh, what anybody else did, but myself. Mm-hmm. Fucking, I'll, I'll rewatch this episode after we're done watching it, and I'm gonna stare at my screen the whole time, judging my voice, my answers, my questions. Mm-hmm. The entire time before I even fucking pay attention to anybody else, and that's not like a narcissistic or self-centered no, yeah. thing. It, it's no, more it's of just, a, oh my you know, god, I sounded so stupid. You know, I, Why are you doing? I this can totally
3: relate to that. I I do the same thing. I mean, yeah, my it, it's, an, problem, it's unfortunate. My biggest problem is that I am a, I am an intense introvert that masquerades as an extrovert, mm-hmm. and has yeah. learned to. To play the act of an extrovert
1: yep. I, I wrote a story wearing the mask I, I'm wearing a mask most of the time
3: um yep. I've just learned how to do it
1: <laughs>
0: yeah see I, I used to be it. the opposite like I used to mm-hmm. be the opposite of that like I I have come to learn that I am a, a extrovert that used to pretend to be an introvert
3: mm-hmm. and
0: that's mostly because um I'm I'm very different. Um, you know, like um, I don't, you know, I I don't like sports. Um, I'm big and I think it's, so, I'm big it's in so wild
2: how we sound the same to each other, and y'all sound the same to each other. So I will
1: say we're we're. All, I'm with y'all. I think Robert is as well too. Like I can't stand. Go you see sport. the game last night? Fucking yeah. leave me no, alone. I did not on a Monday morning. <laughs> did I come up and ask <laughs> you about the fucking YouTube? uh trends <laughs> last night fucking sh- shut up about sports but I think we're yeah, actually
0: like, on. Yeah. yeah like Indeed. I don't like sports um uh if you guys haven't noticed when I was in my other room my back walls full of like horror horror type photo pictures and stuff I'm a big horror fan which you know a lot of people could be off putted by that mm-hmm. um I have a very dark sense of humor um I also uh I like to be a contrarian. And I would, so like, before, I used to be so out of place that I would just be like, oh, I don't want to be around people. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a, you know, very introverted, uh, personality type. And then I have learned to, like, like I told John about maybe a two months ago when we had a talk, a, a guys' night out talk, and I was like, I just before learned I to
1: record, them, yeah.
0: yeah, before you start recording. And I was like, I just learned to stop giving a fuck.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying I, I to I stop that giving.
0: conversation because we
1: had a whole conversation about, well, when does that go too far? Mm-hmm. How do you actually do it? Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, like I just stopped giving a fuck. And not and not in a sense of like, oh, I just stopped caring. I let myself go. I became a slob and shit like mm-hmm. that. You know, I'm still, you know, but like I got no problem. Hey man, you watch the game? Nah, I don't fucking care about. I don't care. Right, about you stop. You stop being
2: held back by the the anticipation yeah. of the world rejecting you.
0: Yeah. You know, the, what 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 hobbies you like? Oh, I like to fucking sit around and binge horror movies all day, eating some popcorn. I enjoy that. I have no problem. Like, there's a there's a streaming service called Shudder. They cater to horror movies. I have it. I, you know, it's cheap, sixty bucks a year. I pay it. I have no problem taking a day off. Sitting on my couch and watching four or five movies in a row, and I'll be that's a fucking blast for me. <laughs> and, and then I tell it, you know, I used to be like shy and embarrassed of it, like, oh I' be judged, and I'm like, I don't fucking care. See, but, uh, this
1: actually this actually goes back to the to the topic that started this all, which is the the company holiday parties, um because one of the things and and you gentlemen, for the most part, have seen kind of, what I've been trying to do, grow and learn and learn to stop hating myself over the last year and a half that I've been doing, this is all kind of part of it, um, is learning, you know, to be myself and actually appreciate myself. But you can't appreciate yourself and love yourself until you discover yourself, right? And so I'm trying to discover myself so I can love myself. Um, Company holiday parties, which we've all experienced and we talked about, that's what kind of brought this up because last week, where i was talking about it being exhausting it was fun it was free drinks it was travel it was this this and that but i also remember like one of the thing the journeys that i went on this year was learning to give less of a fuck to be more like you joe to to not give a fuck but that runs into a wall sometimes when you're you know trying to keep a roof over your head or trying to be successful in a corporate environment and so that's where that exhaustion came in last week was trying to strike this balance between i'm gonna be me and oh hey maybe this is one of those you know situations where be a little less you you know and like sometimes like if you i found i found myself and i find myself in those situations sometimes regretting not being more of me and also sometimes regretting being too much of, of the real me. Like the real me, Joe, me, and you grew up in the same area. Like I, I'm hood. I'm from Patterson. Like I, the real, real me, the core me, the childhood me, like you say certain shit, like it might pop off, but I can't have a fucking successful career and keep a roof over my head and keep my kids you know, yeah. fed uh, by, by being that version of me all the time, which was a Bad, uh, which is why I always had a problem with that whole like, I'm always be me, I'm always be real. I had an uncle like that. I've talked to you, Joe, I think privately about it, and I've mentioned him on some of my videos where he was like that to the extreme, though. And it's like, there's a certain point where like being you 100% of the time it might mean you end up being nothing mm-hmm. if you can't put a lid on some, some shit, right? And finding that balance can be tough without yeah, I- feeling like you're. Like stuffing yourself down the real you. Well,
2: and I, I really, I really think so much of so much of it is not necessarily the the being you not being you. It's just um like what is your dynamic for emotional management? Like how much stress do you incur by not expressing how you feel in moments to moments because you you are you're essentially letting the environment dictate whether or not you're in touch with your emotions or not, um, and that creates internal stress. The reaction to that internal stress can come out in behavior that is more aggressive and more you're really just internally irritated um, because your genuine emotions don't have an outlet. And that's why I like so much what Joe was just talking about with the instead of trying to fumble your way through the conversation about sports or change the subject or you know whatever he's like no i like i would like to binge some horror movies today and he's saying that regardless of what it's not just that he feels that it's that he's expressing it in a way that doesn't keep it stuffed inside of him so it doesn't build up that tension um and it's like every time you're disconnected from your feelings like what's going on inside you like you just you build up stress um and so what i what i feel compassion for from what you, the way you're describing your self-relationship is i think you're you're incurring stress from the neg the internal eval eval that's going on where you are Definitely. In, you have ingested some type of negative messages about who you are and now that shit runs on automation inside your mind so now yeah. now it's like you fucking picked up that pen and wrote on that page like a fucking idiot <laughs> like just like like you're getting harsh critiques for like the most mundane thing because that that's that system has become so automated um and that is keeping you out of touch with just like what you're feeling like right now like being present in the moment you're distracted from that because of that Negative internal um, voice,
1: uh, and, and I think you hit the nail on the head. And and this is one of the issues that I know we, me and you have discussed when that I've run into with therapy. There's a difference between insight and like, all right, now future action, mm-hmm. right? Like what do and I do so, about it? what the fuck do do you do about it, right? When you don't have that that self-love, that internal validation, when you are seeking you, you, what you just described that happened. Like I, I remember going through my mind about a small interaction that happened uh, at the holiday party and beating myself up and running through it in my head uh, about the negatives. And then I got a message just uh, the, the following Monday, this last Monday, from that same person who I thought hated me. And I had this whole narrative in my head um you know, talking about how intelligent right. i was and right. praising me, and all this other shit so again you know this this is where that problem comes in and i think that this is a problem for messaging me and you've talked about this dev mm-hmm. and me and you joe as well um okay it's it's nice that i'm insightful now what the fuck do we do you right. how do
2: you self-compassion
1: yeah because yeah. Um, it's great if you've always had it and it sucks if you haven't. So well, how does the thing fuck we bridge that gap?
2: I, that's a good question. Cause like, I don't think anyone has actually set me down and said, here's how you develop it. But I know I I can see, I can feel that I have developed it throughout this process. Um, over the past seven years of, of, of the different types of therapy that I've been in. Um, I think I got a lot of self-compassion. It started with the, um, the anger management course. That was the first got kind of a quick summary backstory i had in, in my um, previous marriage one night during a fight i was physically violent with my ex-wife and i hit her with an object um and i was continually hitting her with this object until and i was kind of re reenacting my body was in like autopilot and i was reenacting family physical fights that i had had when i was a kid but it would typically be me and other family members like get into like a physical scuffle you kind of you know tussle for a little bit then you separate and it's kind of you forget about it afterwards um and i was hitting her and then a few seconds into it i realized like she i was just hitting her she wasn't hitting me back and i like dropped the thing that i was hitting her with and i was kind of mortified in my own behavior and i ran know full steam into therapy after that because i wanted to understand like where the hell that behavior came from and really dismantle it and dissect it and all that but the first stop on that train was anger management and i sat in a room full of 11 other men who were struggling with anger from all different walks of life and i saw the commonality in the emotional management (laughs) structure that each of us was having, even though we had we led completely different lives and completely different scenarios. And I just saw that common thread that gave me compassion for the other people who were going through it. And seeing that struggle in so many other people who were nothing like me and came from completely different backgrounds, gave me more compassion for myself. And that was the first time I remember really having that kind of like 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 you you have collectively been given something that has hurt you all um and seeing that in other people like i also had to see i had to trace that back to like you know we all have some hurt little kid you know we're all the ages that we've ever been so that hurt little kid is still inside of us and i just got to know that kid a lot more where i just kind of pushed him down for so long and forgotten about him um And so I think that that might be the start for you is really thinking back to, I mean, you've you've told us about a lot of the stuff that you've experienced growing up um, and just kind of doubling back and babysitting that kid that's still inside of you sometimes and just sitting down with him and talking to him and telling him like, you didn't deserve this shit that happened to you. And I would care for you the same as I would care for any other kid that I saw who was going through the same thing. You know, like have like having those internal talks can dismantle a lot of that shit. It's just a matter of like yeah. really sitting down and doing it.
1: Yeah, no, I mean you you nailed it. I mean, for me personally, I, I wrote one of the first steps I took. You know, at the beginning of my you know year and a half long journey or whatever was literally I wrote a letter from. It's called uh, a letter from father to son, and it's from me. To me, yeah. and you know, you know, at the end of the story, and you know, it's it, it seems like it's just a letter from a father to a son, and then you're, you know, at the end of the story, the the point is, is that I'm talking to me. And I'm finally being my own father and saying, "Hey, it's okay. I will love you. I'll protect you." And this, this and that. So I'm taking the steps now. I was just curious what your thoughts were on that, uh, Rob yes, or, or Joe. You guys got any follow up thoughts on all that, Dom? Um, I think so- Rob. Rob is. Keeping an eye out for that fucking bug. Watch. Dude, I'm going to, not only am I not going to let that go, I'm going to clip that little shimmy that you did and it's going on YouTube ports. <laughs> <laughs> the way Do you, you know move, what? it was so much better than this thing. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, shot, so... I deserve it. It's fine <laughs> <laughs> what's that? go ahead, Joe?
0: No, nah, like um one of the things i have I have done so um back back when I was younger, um I was diagnosed with um borderline personality disorder hmm. um, now, I had that diagnosis, never done anything with it. But then I started noticing, I started having just issues in my life and I went back to therapy and again, it got brought up and like, yeah, borderline personality disorder, blah, 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 blah. Um, what I did was I re- read up on it and I started to learn about myself and this disorder. And one of the things that I worked for me and i know i know it's probably not going to be for everybody but what works for me is when i started having issues where i'm like whoa no this is not you know this is not real this is not you know what's this is all this is all part of my disorder mm-hmm. This is, you know I'm, I'm interpreting this wrong um i'm viewing this from a wrong lens my my head space is not in the right spot and I bring my back, bring myself back to reality by understanding what was wrong. You know, that, you know, it's, trying to, it's hard for me to explain, but um, like, I I could, I could like, you know, I could, vi- I could notice that like, whoa, this is not, you know, this is not really happening. You know, this is in my head, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I'm viewing, there's this argument I'm having with my wife. I'm viewing it in, in a in a way that shouldn't be viewed in because because of my problem let me come back to reality and i have and doing that over the years i have really um i don't really adjusted myself because i catch myself and even now like Stu, I, I catch myself and and my wife has a good understanding about what's going on in their times where she would even tell me but like she was like you're, you're just getting in your head again you need to Come back to reality you're getting in your
1: head yeah, it's it's very helpful to have a partner who actually understands what those kind of things so, are like. but you but you have a
2: routine of personal grounding exercises that you know how to do yeah awesome
0: yeah like um horror I, movies
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah watch, watch watch a good horror movie be like yep yeah, i feel good you get mm-hmm. helps with the rage too mm-hmm. Especially you watch yeah. something if you, if you could stomach something brutal and you have rage problems like you were talking about, it could help yeah. with that. Like you could you could, um, what's that word? Um, God, oh, I can't think of that word right now. But yeah, you could just kind of like visualize it. Like ah, oh, man, that that seeing that kill really got me. You know, it out got you. some Is stress it off. Like me. externalizing,
1: getting it outside
0: of yourself instead of inside. Maybe I don't know. yeah, like you yeah, uh. like it's just. You know, it's good. Like that's one thing. Like a lot of a lot of horror fans, people are into horror movies, especially horror movies because it's visual. Over like if you read like horror books, mm-hmm. um, it, it's a very it's a big de-stressor. You can watch a movie, stressed out, angered, and um, you watch something and it kind of chill, mellows you out. But again, yeah. you've got to be able to stomach it. If you can't stomach it, if it turns. I you can off, see you why know? the
1: extreme nature too might might really help too. Where just like it's like oh. I, I could, you know, uh, maybe I should try just watching some fucking horror movies where I could be like, all right, well, at least I'm not getting my leg chopped off. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, as as bad as I thought that conversation was, I, I don't have to dig in my own eye socket for the key to right. unlock this <laughs> <laughs> unlock this uh, jigsaw puzzle or whatever. Robert, uh, buddy, I, I'm curious before I move on, um, that I know I got a little deep there, but I'm curious before I move on if you had any thoughts on the whole topic. Well, let's just do. It. We've been so many places. What was the original uh, question? <laughs> right. Uh, I, I think uh, the last part was the the self love and um, where it comes from at, at its core. I think me and you were more on the same oh, page okay. as far as okay, yeah, you know, right yeah, yeah, kind of less of a, a self assured nature. Yeah.
3: So. I,
1: you know, um,
3: I'm one of those people that uh, has not uh, gone to therapy. I mean, I have in my life um, as a teenager, but like I'm in desperate need of therapy actually right now. Um, And really the only reason that I haven't at the moment is purely a financial situation Mm -hmm. things got tight towards the end of the year. Um, But I'll try and work that out first of the year. Um, actually I'm not going to try I'm going to first of the year Um, good man we're going to follow up
1: on an episode
3: (laughs) but um, you know I don't know where a lot of it comes from to be honest I think uh, you know not to get too stereotypically therapy but I mean I think it has a lot to do if I go back to my dad um, you know he was always kind of the the disapproving father or the Mm -hmm nothing is ever quite good enough kind of kind of father so i think i've just conditioned myself to never think anything is good enough so mm-hmm. i'm always just kind of chasing things that aren't real is uh, um, is his
2: is his voice the voice that is the negative voice in your head when you critique yourself no no it's just it's literally you've adopted it completely yeah yeah
3: like i don't it's not like a, I do this. This is your fault. Like it's just mm-hmm. kind of. It's just become it's my like personality. A, it's but it's I think of like
2: course it's not good enough.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's like you know, I'm I'm always so I'm a, I'm a huge pessimist mainly because I'm so used to things that I do just fucking up or falling apart or never materializing that I never expect anything to work. So. Mm-hmm. um you know, I'm always do you think to- any
1: of your social media and YouTube um, pursuits have something to do with that or stem from that at all? I mean, yeah,
3: you know, I mean, it's easy to think, um, you know, there are two things in this life that I've wanted to do since I was very young. Okay. One was be a commercial airline pilot, and the other was, and I didn't have a word for it at the time, but to basically be like a vlogger for travel like Mm -hmm. i i was saying i don't know if i said on the last thing or if i said a live that i was on you know i was a kid when video cameras weren't really a thing that i had a video camera and i was documenting Mm -hmm. my life and having no idea what that was like i've been doing this since i was a child i Mm vlog with a vhs camera okay like that's how deep this runs in me it's almost like a compulsion that like i have to do that kind of thing but like for some reason i talk myself out of going to flight school and it literally haunts me and keeps me up at night and youtube and all those things was going really well for a long time and then it stopped because of covid and it just hasn't really worked uh ever since yeah. so like the overwhelming sense of failure like constantly and i think that's probably why it's been so bad lately because that was actually so i guess to bring you guys up to speed uh i did my first international travel and food vlog in the philippines back in fucking go check it out i will
1: share it in the in the description in the comments dude um i i didn't i didn't want to interrupt you but uh you you've been an inspiration to me for years when it comes to the quality and effort and fucking time and Patience only that you someone into what you create, <laughs> and, and, and I'm I'm gonna get to that, but I, I did want to yeah. go ahead and shout that out. Please, ch- yeah, please check this shit out. Yeah,
3: it's it's been like it's been eating me alive, and it's the kind of thing where it's such a it's such a weird uh, aspiration for someone to have. It's like I want to be a movie star. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's I feel like people react to it that way. That like, I get really self conscious about how I approach it, like how I feel about it publicly or even at home, because I feel like nobody really gets like how I feel about it or how your serious it is for me. Yeah,
1: and it's and like, you don't, don't. Oh, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but you're just you're you're speaking like I feel like you're speaking for me in a lot of ways, and like there's this self consciousness about the negative like anybody who does these kind of creative endeavors obviously doesn't want to be shouting into a void, right? Like we we're right. creating things and sharing it with the intention of there being somebody out there who wants to, you know, participate, watch, cons- whatever. Um, but especially in, in modern society and with the conversations right now, there's also this aversion to like, coming off as narcissistic or self-centered or you know self-indulgent um and, and I'll, I'll tell you i asked the question about where whether or not some of what you have faced plays into your youtube creations because well, it, it absolutely well, actually, that's, that's exactly where i was headed
3: so um you know i i made a post on my personal facebook page and it was A clip from a video that I hadn't posted yet because I've just lost all drive or desire to do it because it's all been so depressing, but I was like, I want you to look at this and look at how I look on this video. And like It's the first time that like I really was like watching the video like watching the footage to just watch it and like I was looking at myself and looking at myself and thinking that is me being completely and totally happy. Mm -hmm. I'm happy and I'm 100% Robert. Mm -hmm. I'm me. Like that is, it's like this rare occasion of 100% me and 100% happy. I'm in the place that I wanted to be with the people I wanted to be with and I have a smile ear to ear. There's some weird Philippines ethnic shit going on right next to me while I'm in the back of a tricycle taxi. Like it's the dream. Like it's the dream. We should
1: see their uh laundry uh mats on their fucking rooftops, by the way, in one of his videos. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> but like
3: it's literally the dream. And I'm looking at myself literally. like I'm watching from the outside and feeling so disconnected from that motherfucker on that screen. Mm-hmm. But it's me. And like it it's 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 fucked with me ever since I came back from there,
0: mm-hmm. like I've not been right
3: since going and filming that like I've been like when I'm talking about like desperately needing therapy like mm-hmm. after coming from that like i need I need to talk to someone you to process it, yeah, no I, yeah. I, I, because I it was it. it was too much like i've I haven't seen myself look like
1: that
2: like I don't remember yeah no i i and,
1: I, and I, go ahead Deb. Uh, no, I was just gonna say like
2: i I completely. Connect to what you're talking about, and what you're describing is just so universal, and something that every human being needs. Um, and this this kind of rat race of earn earn fucking rent money and earn money to just exist like you can't you can't sit in the dwelling that you're in if you don't earn enough money right. to pay every month yeah. to fucking be there. Um, that rat race disc is just. It just disconnects us from that person that you saw in that video um, yeah. it's so hard to see, you're constantly fighting to like get back just get a glimpse of that person right um, and,
3: and it, it's to the point where now it literally feels like a dream mm-hmm. like it doesn't feel like i was ever there like yeah. it it literally feels like i had a dream and pieces of it are just like fading yeah like a dream mm-hmm.
2: And oh I, think that, I think that's something that I have tried to, I don't know if I've mastered it, but I've definitely gotten uh, some insight into it over the years about how, like I, I see what you describe when I watch like a video of myself doing karaoke or when I have like a great moment in a game I'm playing or something. um, Or I'm in my, you know, I'm in my photography studio, like crafting something. And so like, <laughs> I figured out that it it wasn't one thing that was doing it. It's something about certain situations that trigger it. And so I just like, every time I identified a different scenario that did it, I just added that to the archive and was just like, okay, that's something you need to engage in with some type of regularity. Um, There needs to be some type of frequency to you pulling yourself back to whatever gives you that joy. Um, And you, you need to look at that the same way you look at food. You need to look at that the same way you look at surely fucking work. If, not, if nothing else, it needs to be <laughs> above work. Um, right. You were not fucking put here to just run on a damn hamster wheel.
1: So let me, let me let me let me let me ask you because uh, what you just said, um, Dev, really relates to my perspective on why I asked you that question, Robert which is, again, um, for Joe and and Dev, like, uh, and Robert, so you know, like, we met, me and Joe and Dev met years and years and years ago, over 10 years ago at this point, through video games on Facebook, just a Facebook group. We all listen to a podcast, and we've been, you know, internet, you know, uh, acquaintances turned friends um, over the years. I met Robert back when I was doing... the, my first youtube ex- experiment with youtube which was a, a cooking show that i had with my youngest daughter the one who you know came and peeked her head in earlier uh it was ariana's house and you know i just I had this idea that i wanted to be dawn camera and i wanted to show her off because she's such a little superstar and um we i just had the idea of well what if we you remember those tasty videos that used to come up in mm-hmm. you know in the timeline and stuff the recipe cool recipes, like yeah. So yeah. 30 second one minute and we would just like do a show where we made the recipe and um at the end of the day that ended up falling off because it was a lot of effort and i really didn't have a passion for cooking like to this day i'm probably gonna go heat up a microwave burrito after our, uh, after our show like i don't really care about cooking i just wanted to i'll be honest i wanted to present i wanted to be on video there was something about sharing myself and presenting that i really really loved and I got to share it with her and it was a great experience. I'm, I'm not putting, you know, saying it was a negative experience, but ended up stopping it. A lot of why I ended up stopping it and stopping for a while was because of a lot of self-judgment towards myself for even pursuing it in the first place. Like it felt ridiculous in my own head, um, but I decided to go for it. And then a few years later, I had a craft beer show. And again, like I was experimenting with just this like youtube and creation and and speaking and sharing sharing me um and this is another kind of go around of the same intention um i i will be honest this experience has lasted longer than either of the previous two because i feel like i finally found a balance of me not having to pretend to be something that i'm not um and also getting the the satisfaction that i had but Robert, uh, the reason why I asked you that question specifically is because of uh, how I felt about myself and my own self-doubts and my own, you know, assuredness in, in myself and self-love. Um, where e- even now, like even today, like I beat myself up about even wanting to share this, like about even sharing this, about putting it on YouTube, about recording this right now, because again, I there is this you know, stigma about, you know, being narcissistic and being self-indulgent and, and attention seeker and attention seeker and and things of that nature. But I'll, I'll tell you, I'm still doing it because I do love it. I do love it. I love it. I love for the first time in my life since before I could ever remember into adulthood, just sharing myself and not being afraid to speak, not being afraid to speak my mind, not being afraid to share a piece of me creatively and, and, and all of that. But at the same time, um, where I still run into issues is, I really do want it. And I actually came to this realization earlier, and I'm still kind of wrestling with it, that I feel like I'm driven to say, Oh, I'm just doing this for fun. And if you know, nothing comes of it or whatever. I shouldn't care because society says I shouldn't care, and I should be shelf assured. No, here's the truth. I'm be real with y'all and whoever the fuck else watches this. I want to be heard. I want to be loved. I want to be liked. I want to be felt. I want to feel validated. I want to feel like I matter. I want to feel like I have an impact. Um, and and I'm still wrestling with how to balance that and not feel like a complete fucking narcissist or completely lose, lose any, um, I felt like, sure you do so I,
2: I, what'd you say? I, well, and
1: I know with you, Robert, you, you have leaned into it a lot more than I have. You're an inspiration for me. Where I you, caring.
3: I really stopped caring. Yeah. Like, I'm I, like, okay, I'm sorry. Well, I was to say, like, I just was like who cares, like, I, Macon is a relatively small town. So like, you don't get away with doing something like that. And people around you not knowing. So there's kind of an embarrassment factor there. And like, you know, the people you know, talking literally like this behind your black like, and stuff like that. And I just
2: kind of stopped caring. But anyway, what were you about to say? Well, I was just gonna say, like, the the, the interesting thing about that, that third person filter, that i'm encouraging like everyone to put over their self-analysis is when you contemplate what robert was just talking about right when he talked about how he felt about the version of himself that he saw in the travel video how did you feel about him when he was talking about that
1: i i felt him on a level where i know he was looking at himself in a way that that i do similarly but no, no no, how did you feel I, I,
2: how did you feel about him while he was talking about it? What 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 feelings did you feel toward him?
1: Yeah, well, inspired, honestly. Like I uh, uh I love that he put it out there that he was the the kind of positive emotions that he got from watching himself. I'll be honest, before we started recording tonight, I watched the last episode. Oh, wow. <laughs> um and i felt the same i loved watching it i i loved what i was doing it was the best version of me and so i i felt like it was the best version of me when i was watching it earlier which felt weird to sit there and watch a podcast that i was fucking posting but what but what, it, but what did you feel toward him hmm. i i i guess i would say connection or understanding would, would be the best way. Or I, or I guess I,
2: I should ask it a different way. What did you feel about him while, like when he was describing, or, I, or I'll answer it for myself, right? Like, so when-
1: Yeah, when, maybe I'm misunderstanding. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: when, 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 Robert, when Robert was saying, you know, I got a glimpse of this version of myself that I saw and I could see was pure unadulterated happiness. Like mm-hmm. I felt connection toward him. Like I felt like I wanted that for him. Like I, like I, I, I wanted you to have that experience all the time. Like I felt like celebratory of you and having that moment. Yep. And the reason why I asked you how you felt about him in that moment is because I want you to compare that to how you feel about yourself in a similar moment. Cause you described I think maybe that's why to- I had
1: a hard time answering your question is because I was relating it too much back to myself. I was mm-hmm. like, So, yeah, I did feel the same feelings for him, like happiness towards him and uh, for how he felt. And like, uh, as a friend, like, man, that's great that he felt like that. But then automatically it also went to, well, shit, I wish I felt
0: like that. And
1: see, and I felt, and that's
2: that's why I was asking the question that way because I felt like you, I'm like, I'm like everyone and everyone, all the other guys on this call probably felt the same thing I was feeling when I was hearing him talk about it, right? So like, I'm thinking if you're feeling that, are you giving yourself time to feel it or are you immediately moving from it and going into, let me critique myself. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not even present. That's absolutely what I was doing. (laughs) Yeah. And so like, Uh,
3: well, that's that's the, that's the catch 22. So mm -hmm. it's like, there's a lot of nuance to this whole thing, but it's kind of like, okay, I love food. I love new and interesting food. That's why I record it for the internet. Right. But the, the opposite side of that is that i never get to have any of the food that i'm so interested in while it's still at its best because i'm spending so much time filming it and making sure that it looks Mm. good on camera that i don't get to just enjoy it and be in the moment because i have i have a video to do Mm -hmm. so the catch which is is
1: part of why i'm kind of glad you're on the show too because i don't feel like you've shared a lot of just off you know completely raw unfiltered unedited which is what this whole show is. (laughs)
3: because i I feel like i feel like if i start actually talking about me it's just really depressing (laughs) Mm. like it's just really depressing like i think if i just started going down the list and it would probably shock you john i just like to be honest i i thought your answer to uh devlin devlin right devilon Okay, I just want to make sure. He, him, by the way, he, him.
1: Yeah, he, him. he, yeah, he,
3: he him. Him. <laughs> I, I it, well, anyway, the, the, your answer, I would have thought you would have been surprised that I would have said any of that. Mm. I thought your, your
2: reaction would have been surprised. About the, um, your, how you felt seeing your happy version in the video? You
3: no, thought I would be how it makes by me that? feel, how it makes me feel now, like, because I, to me, it's an, to me, it's a net negative. Mm. Like, I was happy about it, but ultimately, the overall feelings that I get from it are negative, because I'm looking at myself like, wow, I wish you know I could get a little bit more of that on a daily basis. Right. And
1: yeah, you almost I, feel like you wish you could. You didn't care about no. being that happy about it. I'll be honest, when I saw 32 views on mm-hmm. our last fucking podcast, I was like, oh, that made me happy. And then, immediately, five minutes later,
0: I was like, well, shit, I wish I had 62 views. Mm,
2: right. <laughs> Go ahead, Joe.
0: So like, like hearing that, like I, you know, like I said earlier, I love myself. I'm very happy with myself. I'm pretty, you know, content with how my life is, and and yeah, there's always room for improvement, and like, my life could be better, but it could also be far worse. But hearing you talk about that experience you had, like I don't ha- I, I can't sit down and talk about talk about an experience with that same kind of happiness so like instead of feeling down like oh i wish it could be more you should you should pursue it you know and realize oh man i really had this great experience um and um and and instead of feeling down because you don't you're not constantly having it you should keep you should build on that happiness because a lot of people just never got don't even have, it
1: yeah don't even have it yeah, yeah. Uh, don't have something to be happy about don't yeah. have something to be and, passionate and i think about.
2: i think we're talking about two different things too where like i think that what what i'm describing with the the third person relationship is you learn to be more valuable to yourself before performance right because there's a level of value that you give inherently to other people because you've been conditioned to that you don't require people to perform before you show them respect. Like, like it wouldn't be like if a dude was walking down the street and you saw him trip and fall on the ground, you would be like, Well, he hasn't done any cool shit yet, so I'm not gonna help him up. <laughs> like you would just you would see another person fall and you would just instinctively go to help him up because you're just like. I I don't
1: know, I'm from Jersey. I might be like, ah
2: (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like like you would feel that that reflex to just be like, oh I see somebody who just fell like the
1: thing where it's
3: like oh what are you gonna do? What what is this?
2: Right, but you want you want them to be okay. Right. And it's just like that I guess I'm just pushing for like feeling that concern and that basic care for yourself will allow you to be present more in those moments when you're experiencing so like you would be you would be connected to when you were in that moment the same way you were when you watched it back on video right you, you would be more present for it when you have like a basic level of like i'm already valuable to myself before i perform my way into that space um no. And I I think that's more just that's just a matter of perspective, like that doesn't have anything to do with what you're actually doing. You don't need to get, you know, the job or the promotion or the girlfriend or the whatever to get to that space. None of that. None of that. If you're trying to achieve your way there, like it's never going to happen. Like there's nothing that you're going to be able to do that's going to be able to produce the value that you're seeking. It's more about like questioning, Okay, well, why? why do I feel so much more compassion for him than I feel for myself? And this and then whatever the answers that come to that, like dismantling those and really processing in a real way, um, which is why I respect so much what you were talking about earlier, Robert, where it's just like, like, I'm in deep need of therapy is one of the fucking that's like the realest shit I've heard from like anybody in a while where I'm just like, yes, thank you for not stuffing
1: that down. Oh no! I like and, I need it. I need it. And pretending that you know really like, bad. Yeah. And like the thing is, I, like, I wish I had the confidence to be like, I don't fucking need therapy. I'm great the way I am. I fucking wish. <laughs> <laughs> that's not, I don't think, but
2: I don't think that's confidence. I think that's false bravado.
1: Yeah, It's false bravado. Whatever yeah. the fuck it is, I wish I had it. Cause I'm like, no, I'm broke. I need like, help. People, like need, need help, we need,
2: damn it. <laughs> We need other. We need other people, and we need ourselves. And like. Any process that's gonna steer us in that way is something we all need. Like it's not like that's what that's why I just, I just always think it's funny. I hate I hate because I always want to tell people like you need therapy, but our our culture has turned that into such a fucking diss where it's just like like I'm I don't mean that condescendingly when I say someone needs therapy because but, I actually fucking go to there. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, why would I say that if I actually go to yeah, therapy?
1: Yeah, I think you opened my eyes on our on our but, interview, really. The average uh, but the about- average person
2: who who says that means it is an insult right like you need
1: yeah, therapy. yeah. Like, you, you know, need therapy but yeah it's a misconception and and that's what we talked about a lot on our interview was our understanding of what it means what it can be what it can do and i i remember there was a point in the conversation where you kind of presented a hypothetical to me like would you or would you not advise a person in a b c d or whatever situation to go to therapy and i remember the point of what you were kind of presenting to me was uh we going back to the very beginning of our conversation cost versus benefit it's going to do nothing but potentially help anyone right right? no matter what your situation is um you know however self-assured or um you know well-adjusted you you are or think you are um you know, going to therapy and and getting perspective from from that side of things is not gonna do more you know, harm than really good. It's gonna,
3: want, you know, what I really want the most from therapy is I just feel like I have a lot of shit to get off my chest. Yeah, processing space. Like, you just want to vent, and it, right, yeah, I just want to vent, and uh, like I feel like a lot of it is not even like like individual things are not even that serious, but it's just that it's so much.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: it's just so much for so long you're carrying a lot because like it right just carrying just so much and like i just So, i am like-
1: curious though is it because of just hearing some of the ways you've described your life and again dev to make sure i point this out i am an advocate for therapy you have you have evangelized me or proct- <laughs> evangelized me, whatever it's called all right i would not put down therapy but is the venting is there? Is that necessarily a therapy only thing, or is what I advocate uh, along with therapy, guys getting together, expressing? Like I don't think you have that either, though, Robert. Like you don't you don't just have a group of guys that you have some drinks with and you know, fucking complain and bitch about shit.
3: Not really, because my closest friends are all women, so and just in general i don't hang i don't hang out with a lot of guys in general like oh, i would well. say i have one <laughs> one and a half like close guy friends like yeah i would consider close well the other ones new she hasn't oh, okay. uh, he has I'm a just curious
1: rate. how the fuck he qualify as a half. But yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: He, he, he's new. He's still in the uh, the vetting process. but Oh, okay, got it. Got it. He's yeah, almost loaded. But like, yeah. but, but like it, it's the kind of thing where, I, so let me preface this by saying I would never in a million years do self-harm. I am too much of a pussy. I will not do it. <laughs> like, that is not on my head now. With that said, I think part of my worry about, like, talking to, like, my close friends is that I think if I just start saying these things that I feel, that I would sound like a suicidal person Mm -hmm. by any other, Mm -hmm. like, if Mm -hmm. you didn't know any better. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think, like, a lot of my feelings are around feeling like a failure, feeling, feeling useless, feeling like, why am I even here? Like, all those different kinds of things that, you know, the combination would normally be like, okay, well, you know, you're going to need some closer attention, but it's not right. like, that. like, it's, it's just, it's just a lot of stuff that um, I don't feel like I have within my friends and like normal relationships like an that I don't have like the, they're not the right space for it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, my, my best friend, uh, my, I call him my brother. Like even shit that I've shared on the show, if I had shared privately, just me and him just hanging out, like he'd give me a fucking give it. And I love him. Like, it's not a negative to him, but you have relationships that are meant for, you know, it's a relationship is its own relationship in a lot of ways. And right. I know even my closest friend, I know he loves me. I call him right now and be like, Hey, I'm in Jersey. And he'd be like, you know, I got a couch to sleep on. You don't give a fuck what his <laughs> and I love his wife, but he, he wouldn't even give a fuck if what her opinion was. But if I had raised even some of the things we've talked about tonight, he'd give me an eye like, bro, what the fuck are you talking about? Shut up. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. You know, and so you, you had certain relationships that are kind of, and that's why you're yeah. supposed to have a and then then it's like,
2: relationships.
3: Then it's like, okay, then it's like you have my wife who isn't just outstanding. But then I'm kind of like, well, I also don't want to concern her
2: right.
3: with things that like, or not her fault or not her, like, you know, it's, it's me, like it's, 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 it's totally a separate thing, but how to like, how for me to go through that and feel the things I need to feel just to get them out. Like, how do I even do that without it, without it affecting her?
0: Um,
3: Not only should you, are you concerned
1: about it? I don't think you should. Like, uh, I I saw something the other day and, and Dev, I'm curious to hear your perspective on this, but, like, I think one of the things that I've run into with relationships that I've seen in modern relationships is, like, I'm speaking from the male perspective, is women who, like, don't have girlfriends and, like, treat their boyfriend or their husband or significant other like their girlfriend. It's Like, I don't, Uh like, go talk to your girlfriend about certain things, right? Like, you should have girlfriends for certain things. You should have, you know certain types of relate I don't know what your opinions are on that, Deb. Like I, yeah, I, I think- can't have a relationship where my significant other like wants to talk to me and, and wants me to be everything and talk to me like Yeah, well that's what that's what I was gonna say. Like
2: I, I think partners romantic partnerships yeah. of all um you know all shades should not the, the friendship network should not lie exclusively on the romantic partner. In any context, like that's one. There's there's too much. That's too much weight for one person to hold. Right. No one person should be any one spectrum of social social connection outlet. And I don't care whether that's man man woman, you know, t- two woman couple, two man couple, whatever. It, there should be a you should have a social network of people outside of your romantic partner. I think the the um the problem that a lot of men fall into is the the frustration that you, that you were describing, Robert, is something that I think a lot of men feel because so many men are poor communicators. Like they're just, it's just, we have not been conditioned to be okay. good communicators. We're not good listeners. and We don't validate a lot of just basic feeling communication that a person may be craving. And so a lot of men end up, you, they either end up, Only knowing intimacy through romantic partnership, or they end up having a network of female friends because women are conditioned the other way. And so it just becomes this kind of struggle of like, if I do want male friendship, I have to compromise, I have to make like a big compromise and just say like, oh, we're not going to talk about certain shit or we're not going to delve into certain spaces that are more emotionally true um just so we can say that we have you know a group of guy friends like we want because um, we yeah. all want that we all want that uh that male connection too um but that can become difficult to find like that's one of my almost
1: impossible like naturally
0: like yeah you, and know, you
2: really friends. have to fucking work at it and that's that's one of the, i mean that's on my my list of things that i want to work on in in 2024 is i want to forge more real we are
1: working on it right now gentlemen we just spent the last however many hours talking about mental health and shit That's part of the mission here that's
3: really interesting what you said about uh how making friends with women probably has a lot to do with that needing to be heard oh yeah um that's yeah. That actually just unraveled. This is why I need to go to therapy really bad because <laughs> it's just like you can pull one little thread and a bunch of stuff starts unraveling. But yeah, well, and that, that's, that's
2: that's where I, I would I would also like to advocate um, my well.
1: You going to talk about group therapy. I, I was know. going. I was going to, but then I just caught myself.
2: And I'm, I'm, I, I
1: love it. Like, that was one of the biggest takeaways from me and you. But I, uh, I, I
2: wanted to be careful about recommending something that worked for me when someone has just clearly expressed something else that they need. And so, like, I, I think you, you should recommend really, it
1: more because I think right now in society. Like, there's a misunderstanding on what therapy is. And you literally opened my eyes to I was. Zeroed in on a stereotype of therapy that you completely changed my perspective on With the laying on because the couch. You're... Well, just... well, yeah, yeah. I had a very stereotypical view of therapy, yeah. and in our interview, if you go back and watch it, like he started talking. We actually we butted heads a little bit, a very, very little friction, uh, a very polite friction, but we butted heads a little bit, and then I came. We came to find out the specific mode of therapy that has been very useful for him and we came to understand that a lot of the things that i was talking about that men in particular could use um in in general that i've i've witnessed for myself and others um and how the benefits he's gotten from specifically group therapy right. have have lined up with a lot of my concern and it blew my mind to where i was like oh shit you're right yeah and what i think what happens is i
2: think you should find An individual therapist who has a processing group who like runs a group and you should start with them individually and then evolve into going into the group because you so specifically said that you want a venting space. I think you should spend time doing one-on-one therapy where you can get a lot of that out. And then I think you should graduate into the group setting where you can bring the foundation that you've gotten with individual work into that space and be more, um, feeling more comfortable. Cause, cause if you go into a group setting with that, I want to vent and be heard, you're going to suck all the oxygen out of the room because group is not meant to be focused on one person. Um, and you need to be able to hold space for other people and all that, which is something that you can do more easily once you've gotten <laughs> the attention that you need, Individually, um, so I don't because I'm I don't. You're, you're
1: muted, Robert. I I, it looked like you were trying to say something. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree. Bug. That Is that sounds there? about right. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, think, <laughs> that's I right. think. But one thing I did want to point out to make sure you were aware of it, you may already be, and if you are, then that's cool. Um, but most, uh, I, pretty much every town that I know of that has a university, which I would assume Macon does, several. So what happens is there are therapy offices that are run, um, that employ students who are training to be, um, professional counselors, um, and while they're in school, they have requirement hours that they have to get, uh, in a real world therapist counseling setting. Right. Um, and so they cycle through those offices and they offer therapy services at extreme discounts. I'm talking five to $15 a session.
3: Um, so. My city actually has a uh, free therapy yeah. thing, like oh a God. therapy practice that they do. It's actually run by a friend of mine. Okay. Um, the only reason I haven't taken that up is because I need more. I need more sessions in a shorter amount of time than uh-huh. they offer by default. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, it didn't seem like a good idea to start one thing and then Go to something else, right? And and I was gonna say that's typically
2: the drawback to the type of office that I was suggesting because that's where I started, and because those students are cycling in and out, you're gonna start a relationship with therapists that's gonna end, right. eventually. Um, so that's the that's the only drawback. But you've but, never
0: you know,
1: been to therapy, right?
2: Uh, not as an adult. Know,
1: yeah. Oh.
3: I, I went as a i went as a teenager
1: <laughs> you don't have a comparison but just go for it Well, <laughs> yeah. no like, it, it's, it, it, you can it's find more like, later
3: it's probably i mean it's probably irrational but like i just know that it's just so much and i know that that time in between that first session and that next session i'm going to see the, the entire time
1: I mean, you're, and, you're jumping to conclusions that you're even going to fucking want to see your first therapist again. Jesus, I mean, well, I maybe, you. maybe not. I've I've had to see therapists more than I've I've had to had second dates. <laughs> uh, it's work.
3: It's work. Right. And, and that's fair. <laughs> and, and that's fair. But then, what if it does go well? <laughs> you know, like yeah, then, then know. yes,
1: that that is a concern. And,
3: you know it's that time it's that time in between because i'm looking and i'm thinking back like i shouldn't be comparing myself now to my 16 year old self that went to therapy but like to me it just feels like once i rip that band-aid off it's gonna oh uh,
2: i think he froze
3: am i the only
1: one who lost him
2: no I
3: he,
1: froze lost out him. There, Robert. he froze that, that fucking oh, bug oh,
2: back? he's back yeah
1: yeah that fucking bug I'm in I
2: oh,
3: there we go. Am I okay? No, you're good. Yeah, you're good, you're so, good. so, so yeah. I mean, it, that's honestly, when it comes to therapy, that's the only thing that has me nervous. Is mm-hmm. like once I, once I, you know, once I pick that scab, mm-hmm. then you know, then oh boy, here we go. Because I'm the kind of
2: person if I'm gonna do it, I'm going all in. So, that's another thing I wanted to point out too about group is it's cheaper because the therapists is essentially using the same block of time for multiple people so that's that cost of getting chopped down um, and,
1: I, and i'd be curious when whenever you do try it I, i'd obviously love for you to share it on the show robert and i'd love hopefully to to hear nothing but good things and results uh i'd also be curious depending on your results if you you know end up moving forward with trying something like group therapy which i think is an excellent idea that i've advocated since my interview with uh, yeah i would have
3: to i would definitely have to dip my toes into therapy first before group therapy because that yeah I, I do think
1: for honest. a lot of guys, the, the reason why I love that uh, when I talked with Devlon about that is I, I do think for me in particular, I'm not going to speak for others, uh, but I do think for a lot of guys who are like me, anybody out there who's like me, um, I ran into a problem with therapy where I got tired of venting and not getting like, like okay, here's what you do, you know, right. here's right. what I've done in that situation and right. things like that. Yeah. but that's not what therapy's designed for and i think that's where a lot of guys well any guy who's like me again i'm, I'm right. being careful not to speak for others but for me i i struggled with therapy because i kept going and venting and they're like yes i hear you and i understand you and i'm like all right well fucking now what
0: yeah what no, um, do like i do my, like i'm solution you know, yeah i'm
1: I, solutions I, focused i hate it my first therapy, therapy. Go ahead. Dale. Yeah,
2: that, my, my, no. My, my after I got out of the anger management, I went into individual counseling. After that, Um, and I absolutely hated it because I was literally, I was like five, six weeks in, and I'm just like, I'm just coming in here and just, just bitching for an hour, and she's just like, mm-hmm, hmm yeah. Then, then what well, else well. happened?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What else? <laughs> Can't just, I, like, I moved through so many therapists for that yeah. shit, and I was just like, I was like, I'm not. Getting Tell me what therapists. to do. Yeah. And I mean,
2: it, it was even worse with that. I was just like, tell me anything. Do anything yeah. other than just fucking nod along and just tell me you, you heard what I said. Um, yeah. And once I moved from that into group, you know, on the first, um, they go through the orientation when you first come into a new group and they explain to you, the existing group members explain to you, the therapist will have them explain the rules of the group. Um, and you get a bunch of kind of commitments on the front end where it's just like, you know, if you're going to leave the group, you need to give the group a heads up. What What's said in here stays in here, just like a couple of ground rules. Um, and then they explain to you that the metaphor for the group setting is that it's a dress rehearsal for the real world. And so you are here to model and uh, engage in a literal rehearsal for the life experiences that you're going to have in the real world. So there are gonna be group members who trigger, there's gonna be somebody in group who the fucking way that they sit in a chair reminds you of the way that your dad sat in a chair. And you're gonna to have to interact with them when some when someone brings up something and it triggers you and y'all get into an argument. You're gonna to have to fucking have that argument with your dad that you had a million times with a professional who can who can pause you and say like, what are you feeling right now? Like, I'm noticing you're doing this right now. I noticed that you didn't hear when he just said he apologized about that. What are you? What did you hear when he said, like, you need someone to really stop you. And you will, I guarantee you, after you have that experience, the next time your fucking boss at work says something in the way that reminds you of your dad, you'll react to it completely different because you'll recognize it. Like you, you will be pulled out of that auto, just auto reaction pattern that you have going and you'll be like, I know what this is. Like, I'm not gonna be a slave to just my body's auto reaction to it. I can internalize and process that more is going on than just what's happening in this moment. Um, and you will just move through life and s- with so much lubrication that you didn't have before and your experiences will really just be so much smoother than you've experienced before. I, I, I and, and that up.
1: breakdown right there uh, again i will link the uh, the interview robert i honestly i would recommend you go back and watch it where um you know i i basically you know asked some questions to get to know him and and delved a little bit deeper but i gave him a chance to really just explain his experience because he's got this personal experience with with going through therapy and the different types of therapy and this deep understanding where he really opened my mind because i was. I wouldn't say i was anti-therapy but i i thought that for men coaching i was really more of an advocate for coaching and and you know thinking that more men needed that route versus therapy um and a lot of his explanation is what opened my mind to how therapy you know if we stop thinking of it and you know the stereotypical sopranos you're on a couch you know give me prozac kind of way um can be so much more and it has so much more facets to it and there are a lot of men out there who don't even realize um the different facets to it and and the benefits to it uh out of respect for everybody i i, I would love to to keep chatting uh, but i do want to be respectful of you know your guys's time and uh the you know, two people out there who ever see this time. Um, And so I did want to move on to our last topic before I let you gentlemen go tonight. And um, it's been a wonderful conversation. I did want to um, just go ahead and share something uh, real quick. And please let me know, are you guys uh, seeing these pictures on screen? What, What are you guys seeing on screen right now?
2: I still see the chat window.
1: Yeah, just chat. Just the chat. All right. Well, hopefully I'm sharing it um in the stream. Oh, there we go. There we go.
2: Yeah, right. I See it
1: now. Um sorry, I'm 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 still learning this technology. Um, the last thing I wanted to talk about, uh the one of my best friends, uh, the first co-host, uh, and hopefully soon he was gonna return tonight. Um, but the pictures that you see on screen are the reason why he's not here with us tonight. Um, Jesse White. Um, unfortunately in Maine, um, they did, uh, just get hit with a, uh, what do you call it in the Northeast? A hurricane. I don't don't know. I can't remember what he called it. And, uh, these are just some of the, some of the pictures, um, that came out of it. And I'm trying to get to the, is the word you're looking for Nor'easter? Nor'easter. Thank you. I I grew up in, I swear I grew up in Jersey. I know the word. Uh it's just been a long time. We don't get nor'easters out here, but um, this is some of the some of the sites he's been struggling with power. I think by the most recent update, um, he does have power. Many of his neighbors are without power. He had a shed um that got blown away. And you know, he he he's not exactly somebody who comes from um, you know, extravagant uh beginnings or or current state either and so it's it's definitely i i don't mean to to laugh i have a you know nervous tick where i just do that but it's really devastating unfortunately you know that dude i mean i i love jesse he's he's one of my favorite people in the world um i've got a very deep history with him And uh, it's unfortunate that uh, he's facing that during the holidays. It it brought some things into perspective earlier for me, even with, you know, the struggles I mentioned earlier. Um, And, you know, I'm learning as I get older to not make it a, you know, who is, you know, more, you know, who's more depressed or who's going depression Olympics. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> it's not a fucking competition. Like I can be having my struggles, but also acknowledge like, holy shit, like, uh, you know, got a lot of a lot of sympathy for them. And, you know, tragedies like that, especially ones, God, I'm I'm almost thankful that most of the problems in my life uh, right now that I would complain about um, are of my own doing. Uh, when you get handed some shit like that right before christmas you know he's a family man he's got wonderful children he's a great dad to get handed something like that right before the holidays that you know is of no fault of your own and literally an act of nature it is just uh definitely tragic and so um i am waiting on him to answer for uh any local charities or anything and uh, if I do get a response with something that I can share, I'll put it in the link to the comments. Obviously, you know, you can go to your red cross or, you know, your national organizations if you want to donate. Um, and, you know, depending on what Jesse needs, Jesse buddy, um, we can uh, let us know uh, how we can help. If there's anything we can do and uh, we'll put something together in, in the men's group. Uh, but yeah, just you know, wanted to make sure I touched on that and, for as many problems and, and stresses as I'm going through, you know, with that in mind, I, I know I'm, I'm blessed to to not be dealing with that right now, but you know, I'll stop talking and give you guys a chance to respond. <laughs> yeah, no, that's,
2: that's, 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 very horrible. I did not know that was happening. Um, of that way. It's very, very sorry to hear that they're dealing with that, especially like you said at this time of year.
1: Yeah. He shared something about it just like it. it, it and then I had to go back and read his comment from like a couple mm-hmm. of days ago because he shared something about the nor'easter and i'll be honest i was in the middle of like my holiday party or just getting back from it and Mm -hmm. i was in my own head and i didn't really read the comment that deeply and then just today he shared those pictures and uh on our weekly check-in um that i finally posted today that i meant to post on monday he shared a a very long explanation of everything that's been happening and and it's a state of emergency in maine right now and i was like i felt like shit like oh my god i wish i Had realized, you know, kind of what they're dealing with right now. But he's a great guy. He's coming down to Texas. Oh, Dev, he's coming down to Texas in uh, April with his daughter. Maybe we can uh, all grab a beer at some point. Yeah, no, very cool. How is his daughter? Uh, His daughter's the same age as mine, a little bit older, I think. Ariana, how old is uh, Ari? She's thirteen, right? Thirteen. Okay, she's a a year older than you. Oh, she a year younger? No, she's a year older. Whatever. Go in your (laughs) room. I love you. Um, No, she's a year older, I think. 13, sweet little girl. I I took a trip out to Maine uh, two years ago um, and got to introduce my daughter to his daughter. They've been online friends for a long time. He's just, he's a genuinely good dude. He's been in social work for a long time, um, raised wonderful children. And uh, we wish you the best, buddy. And love you. And I've still got a sip so I can say cheers and uh, stay strong and anything I can do, you let me know. Absolutely. second <laughs> All right, For everybody else out there. I don't know how long it's been again. Thank you guys. I do want to respect your time that that was some frankly, great conversation. I, I loved it. That's why I kind of am going to let these go and run their natural course in most cases until we get to like the three hour mark. Uh, and I'm going to respect your time a little bit. So thank you very much, uh, Joe. I appreciate you, buddy. Thank you for coming on um, with your glorious beard and your slick back hair. You look like you're ready to, to host a, or lead a metal show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there he goes. Uh, it was good having you on buddy for the first time. Hopefully you join us again, dude. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, Robert, you, sir, are a uh, fellow creator. Share everybody uh, where they can find you and those amazing videos you talked about. Oh, you're on God damn that bug. God, that bug. Dude,
3: you're a pro. You're supposed to be a pro, dude. Anyway, if you type in that guy you met today into anything, I'm the only thing that pops up. So uh, Facebook and YouTube... Primarily, where I post stuff at. Go on there, check it out. Um, when I find the strength here, maybe over the weekend, I'll have my next uh, release of our Philippine series where we go to Baracay, which is an island um, about an hour um, south of Manila uh, on a plane. So that was a whole situation. We had sort of a luxury des- desert island getaway. It was
1: is, is this, I'm, so i'm assuming the rooftop laundry mats are not included in oh no n- none of that there no okay. <laughs> okay no uh honestly dude um i've told you this i'll tell you this again uh but you know your quality everything you've done you were an inspiration six years ago or seven years ago when we met you're an inspiration uh to this day with what you create and the effort you put in so uh definitely go yeah, check his, his shit out yeah absolutely bro uh dev you are also a fellow creator even if it's not uh, a youtube thing let everybody know yes. uh, where they can learn more about you
2: yeah you can check out my photography at uh ddvocalvisions.com um and find me at devilon underscore vocalvisions on instagram um yeah it's pretty much where most of my work is, is shared
1: yeah and uh, i mean just amazing photography i was actually showing uh my girlfriend just what was it a couple of weeks ago when i reached out to you about booking a session that i haven't gotten back with you about so i got two people on the show that i have started processes with and then didn't follow through because all in due time sir all in due that, time that's me um but i was actually showing her some of your photos i showed her the the one of your son um it was like the whole banner one uh, that mm-hmm. you put up on the wall with his soccer yeah. um highlights and shit dude you you got some talent once i'm once i'm ready i can't wait to get get some pro headshots you got to get me doing doing something cool though i I can't just do like a regular ass pose we we will produce some things yeah put me in a power ranger suit i want to be in a power ranger suit (laughs) yeah man thanks so much for
2: having me on it was great talking to y'all
0: yeah absolutely uh real real quick i didn't want to interrupt the during during it but since we're at the end dev you said you work for spectrum right yeah so do i Oh okay. And are like you, what, you were talking what, dep- <laughs> what department are you in? The uh, design. Okay. HFC design. So um I worked for Spectrum when when it was Charter. Before the yeah, before the merger. And before the merger, we had real Christmas parties.
2: Oh okay. So the the whole company changed their their approach after We the used
0: merger. to we used to joke around but like who bought who because we thought we took over a bunch of Time Warner stuff. Right. Th- nope. <laughs> yeah. What you don't know is Joe is the reason you guys don't
1: have fucking Christmas parties anymore.
0: They just just became a whole new entity. Yeah. Maybe we took over Bright House policies.
2: Right.
1: All right, we're getting a little inside baseball there. Uh, Whoever's manager is Brad. Fuck you, Brad. Uh, (laughs) Thank you to anybody who's still watching. I don't know why you are, but I appreciate it. And I'm going to go ahead and hit stop on this recording, and hopefully we'll see you next time.